Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Those who've created the prime place together, they don't just have a backyard. They have the backyard because they know a solo stove fire pit is more than just the ultimate smokeless fire pit. It's a place where friendships are forged, football is revered, and food is enjoyed. Solo Stove, the perfect flame for the big game. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. To the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNotto. Mark. Good day, sir. It's so weird that it's February 6th. The Grizzlies are going to play at Madison Square Garden tonight. And it's like, holy crap, what team is being put out there tonight? Well, no, like, I'm at the point now and I get why What's they, going on? I get it's league rules. This is crazy, I really, I really wish instead of an injury report, Grizzlies PR would tweet out, who's available? Well, yeah. How many different injuries do you think they've used so far this year? Like, not, I mean, I don't say use. Like, I think most of them are legitimate. I think a few lately, maybe, are uh, with the trade deadline looming. And typically, uh, what you see is going on when you read the word soreness. That's a wink, wink. Mm-hmm. That's an off day. Gotcha. How many legitimate ones? Okay, so here's what we know. Like Canards, like Canard had concussion, and see, he's had concussion. Did he have an ankle? No, I think he had, like, right knee. Kennard had right knee. Okay. Or, like, one but of his knees. Luke had legitimate injuries. Yes, I think now it's been maintenance with Luke. Okay. Recently, when he's missed games. We know Dez's ankle was legitimate. Yeah. Marcus's ankle. No, Marcus's n- well, ankle first, first and then the finger. Knee, I was thinking, I'm trying to think of the guys I've seen in boots. Yeah, ankle and then finger. Okay. For Marcus. 
Santis was knee to start the year. Yeah, right now he's tailbone. <laughs> well, listen, to, that's a hard floor that he's falling. Yeah, but I'm talking about start, to start the year. Yeah, didn't because remember what he missed the first two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't his. It was ankle. His All right, was ankle. so we've gotten Marcus, Luke, Santi. Well, so it's I, like how do you categorize Stevens? Well, here's what's crazy. I was talking about this with DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, actually, earlier, about about this. And he brought this up. The only player who has been active for every game, he hasn't actually played in every game, but it's because of been coaches' DMPs, um, David Roddy, apparently. Gilliard, that, Gilliard yeah. has been healthy but hasn't technically been active because he's been yeah, a two-way. Yeah. Um, but here we are. It's just thrown off my whole... The whole cadence of the winner, the, what I've gotten used to, because like it, it just, especially in the last week or so. Well, I think it's been exacerbated by when have we ever seen this bizarre of a Grizzlies team? I know the 2015-16 team, which set the record for number of players, but like that team made the playoffs ultimately. I know they flamed out because the, well, they made the playoffs they, and, yeah. then, and then and then literally everyone got hurt. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's probably still the most bizarre Grizzly season, just because you still made the playoffs, and then in the playoffs you were playing a bizarre, ver- you know, a bizarre version of yourself was playing playoff games. What is unusual about this season? There have obviously been bad Grizzly seasons, mm-hmm. but there's not been a season in which you're literally just going, "Well, we'll see you next year." Mm. Like even with even with the 16 team, mm-hmm. they the. 15, You're like, hold out hope, all oh, these guys will get healthy for the playoffs, maybe. Right, but there was still an acknowledgement of father time. Mm. Whereas, yeah, it was the end of the line. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this situation is completely different because you have three stars that should be good to go next year that are sub-25. Will they all be under well, 25 no, next year? That, no, I think now we'll cross the 25 threshold. I think all of them are now 25. Uh, keep talking, I have to take this. Yeah, but so it's uh, it'll be it's they're going to play at Madison Square Garden tonight. The Grizzlies with a team that resembles nothing uh, what it what, what it was before. Um, so we're going to talk about that to start today's show. We're also going to talk a little Tigers as well because uh, even though their 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 week's a little weird, they play Thursday, so they got some they got an extra day off uh, between uh, with the Saturday game earlier this week. Uh, in which they finally got off the schneid. Um, so we'll talk Tigers as well because they are still at a inflection point. They're quite the opposite of the Grizzlies, it feels like. It feels like every game matters immensely now. Um, so we'll talk that. Uh, Tim Murray's going to join us from VEASAN uh, at 3 o'clock uh, today instead of his normal 240 thought He's at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas um, on Radio Row, so we will get his uh, live report from everything that's happening in Vegas. Jeffrey, it was uh, fascinating uh, yesterday. <laughs> Goodell couldn't couldn't escape some tough questions at his press conference that was heavily uh, heavily gate gate kept, if you will. Um, <laughs> still had some uncomfortable moments, but he was had, smart. Got he had, overshadowed by Travis Kelsey. He also had fewer uncomfortable moments. So we'll talk to Tim about what's going on at the Super Bowl. We'll do the list at 240, uh, and we'll uh, then get you ready for that bizarre Grizzlies game as well against the New York Knicks tonight. Um, well, it when, seems like the Knicks are obliging. 
Well, they're sitting just a couple guys who they're pro- they they have a couple. Well, we might trade this guy. We don't, and he's maybe a little nicked up. We don't want to make it any worse. Type of thing. Like Old Depot, I think's out. Like Old Depot, Old Depot's for the Grizzlies. Yes. No, I'm sorry, not Old Depot. Uh, OG, Ananobi. I think, I think yeah, OG's right. out. Ananobi's out, and then they've been sitting Quentin Grimes yeah. as well. Um, but so lots going on. Um, Jeffrey, let's start with the Tigers. Okay. Because the games matter more. And we, we, we can talk about I think you can say because the games matter. The games matter. I don't, I, don't even, is, I don't even think you have to say more. Well, and it is it is trade deadline week, but like I don't think I don't think the Grizzlies are going to make a big move at the deadline. Um, and it's tell the truth Tuesday on this show typically, and I don't know. Do you, do do you? Because I feel like when I hear Penny Hardaway talk in the last couple of days, he did his radio show last night, kind of hit some of the same marks he did, um, same sort of themes he did after the win over Wichita State, but he's being very positive. Like, and, and I think purposefully, like, I think he's determined that, like, this this group now needs a pick-me-up. You know what I mean? Like, he's really I, – I know some people might roll their eyes at the notion that he does kind of sound like he feels like everything is going to get better now now that they've just got to win, even though if you really look at it, like, they needed a miraculous comeback to beat one of the worst teams in the league. Yes. But I think he's doing, you know, I think he's doing that on purpose because I think he thinks this group needs that right now. That's the sense I'm getting as I hear it more and more coming from his mouth. The emphasis he's putting on sort of what that game meant. I think, I think he, I think that's what he's determined this group needs right now. Needs, you know, needs positivity Um, because that was a rough four game stretch. Um, But I'm not so, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. You know, like. The truth about this team is so murky right now because of what they've done. I've seen like these national articles. It's it's interesting now. The national media has kind of picked up on how unique this team's profile is going to be when we get to Selection Sunday. Like I actually think this is going to be, you know, like like there's certain bubble teams that just draw more attention. Memphis is going to now be a bubble team that draws a lot of attention nationally because their profile's so weird. You know, like it's yeah. it's much different than your typical profile as of right now because they were so impressive earlier in the year and then they have these just mind some of these mind boggling losses that's what they're going to look like ultimately when you when you look if they close this season like 6 and 3 7 and 2 you're going to look at their profile and go what the hell happened during those four games like you're that's everyone's going to say that what the hell happened cuz if you just lose only two of them your yeah, profile is no, perfectly okay. fine i still don't know if 7 and 3 down the stretch gets it done Seven and two. There's nine games left. I thought you were saying three more losses. So six and three. I don't think. Yeah, I think six and three is dicey. Six and yeah. three is you're going. You're sweating it out, and you're going in. You're even if it's not true, you're going into Fort Worth thinking you have to win it. Because to me, the way that I look at it is six and three means either you took maybe not a bad loss like the Rice loss or the USF loss on paper. It means you lost like Charlotte at home. But it means you didn't take a great loss. Yeah. And it means that you probably only went one in three in those big games. Well, no. Then, or I'm then saying, or it means you went one, one in three. It means or, either you... Or, I see what you're it saying. It either yeah. means that you took a loss that you're like, mm-hmm, or it means you went one in three. And so, that's... I'm not sure a resume that's like slam dunk you're in. Obviously, this is all relative... Because it's all based upon what everyone else is doing. I think, though, I'm just going to take it more simply than that. Mm-hmm. Because 
I do. I'm not ready to write this team off. Like, if you look at the 10 game stretch in which they won 10 in a row, mm-hmm. it's not as if those were just schedule wins. Yeah. There were really good wins in there. Yeah. And if you look at the remaining nine games, it's entirely conceivable eight and one is just as good as mm-hmm. those 10 straight, or even, you know, you can yeah. even peel off all nine, which is unlikely. But again, we've seen them roll off 10 in a row. It's less about that. It's less about like whether or not this is a, this like what it what does it take to get into the tournament? For me, this is my tell the truth. They better make the tournament, and here's <laughs> oh. why. Oh, they better make it. Here's why. It has nothing to do with job security, whatnot. They could lose every game the rest of the way, and he's still going to be the coach next year. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, even taking the most drastic of drastic situations. He would still be the coach next year. So it has nothing to do with job security. Let's just put it this way. He would have to not want to be the coach. Correct. That's that's the way I Correct. would Correct. Uh, he will not – they could lose every game. He would not be fired. Yeah. The reason why I say you need to make the tournament, mm-hmm. because if they don't, here's where it starts to get really weird. Number one, the all-important reason – how does that impact the boosters? Are they as motivated to are they as motivated to make sure the NILs maximized? Typically what you see is after these types of seasons, it doesn't usually work that way. Mm-hmm. So that's a big issue for me. But number 2, what we've seen with Penny is after disappointing seasons, he does like a 180 on roster construction. Or he just he makes changes. But just, I'm taking philosophy. It's usually a philosophical difference. It will go from, well, he technically I had too many young at, guys, he, I had too many young guys, I'm now going to go, I'm going to get older, and then he got older. Well, and, he technically really got older. Last year was the first really old team. Correct. And I think part of the whole reason why we're seeing the, the roster constructed the way that it is, is like, okay, yeah, it wasn't, they didn't maximize in the tournament, but it worked. Yeah, there's no drama last year. It was a good season. Or not a lot of drama. It was a good season with a disappointing end against a team that ended up making a Final Four run. Yeah. So if we see this, like, that takes us to part of the reason why the roster was constructed. It's like, okay, that works. Get old, stale. Mm -hmm. Well, now, if this falls apart, what are the options? Because usually what you'll see is, all right, I've got to figure out a different way to do this. Well, I see... The way I look at it, and I think this, to me, this is something he'll probably consider whether they make the tournament or not out of this. Like, it's not going to happen all in one off season, but I do think he needs to gradually get to a place where he's, like, always looking for four, five, six guys in the portal, not seven, eight, nine, ten guys in the portal. Uh, he needs to get the program to a place roster. Like, I think that's probably the best way to do this right. ultimately. But the reason why I'm saying is I think it will get weird is, okay. It's going to be hard to do that Typically, in when season. you hit that reset, mm-hmm. there's a growing pain year. No, it's going to be hard to do that in one offseason. Like, get the, get the, because if you want to make the roster more balanced that way, if you want to go away from having well, most 10 of the, transfers on your team each year. Most of the good high school players that will be entering next season, they're accounted for. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have a ton of options there. Now, I mean, you can get multi-year transfers. Well, that's try, what I'm saying. Well, you, and maybe but, like, so, that's hard in this climate. Maybe, 
maybe to you, get a guy to stay. Some guys that you recruited, maybe they went elsewhere mm-hmm. and they haven't had they haven't had a great experience, and you can be the second home. We see that regularly. Or you need, you know, like last year it felt like Kendrick was a unique fit. Like he really fit. You know, even though he was a one-year transfer, it just felt like he, like more so than any of the guys who have come in this year, even David Jones, like it felt like Kendrick Davis like fit really well. And like that's, you know, I don't know if that's unique to just that was one year and that was a great match between Penny and Kendrick Davis, but can you find yeah. that consistently, no, like I, that type of guy in the portal? I, I don't think, know. I think this is the other issue that we're starting to see in the portal. I think initially when people, when coaches started depending on the portal, it was a unique time that I don't know if it's repeatable. Because there were so many players from the COVID eligibility, the no restrictions on transfers. Mm-hmm. Now, it's possible... In fairness, I should point this out. I don't know when the West Virginia, isn't it getting appealed, the West Virginia, the the specific court case about transfer waivers, isn't that getting appealed? I, I think the NCAA is challenging it. Okay. But they've, like, allowed it, like, they've acknowledged right. that right now until right. the appeal no, is no, heard. No, that's what I'm saying. They, will, they so, will honor the ruling, the court ruling. So, essentially what they, they said they were going to challenge it, whatnot, now, I think they said they were going to challenge it. It looks like they have not uh, feverishly pursued that challenge, like they said, mm-hmm. which would also fit their talking out of the talking out of one side of their mouth and not really do anything to back it up. If that does indeed occur, I do think you'll see the transfer market open up in a better fashion again. Because what we started to see last year, we saw, I think about it all the time, we saw really the only coaches that were willing to, willing to take the chance on someone that had already transferred before was if they felt very good about getting a waiver or if or if they were just kind of in a desperate spot mm-hmm. and they had to gamble. Yeah. But it is possible that next year there could be more transfer options. Yeah, because, more, even more of a free-for-all. Because now... Yet again, you're back to a situation where you have unlimited transfers, so everyone could be a free agent again. I, I still think, ultimately, the best teams, the best programs are going to be the ones that can maintain a foundation. Like, you're not going to be able to keep even maybe more than half of your roster. But, like, keeping around half of it each year well, it's feels keeping, important. It's, it's keeping the ones you need to keep. Yes. Like, keeping... keeping not. Not having to replace an entire starting five. Like having to replace two starters, you know, each year rather than, a, you know, like that type of thing. That's, and like two bench guys, you know, like. I wouldn't even argue. Keep your starting five, replace the bench. Yeah. <laughs> what Bill Self did. For um, the most part. And so it's, uh, it'll be fascinating to see how Penny had. Well, one, I think a lot of it depends on these last nine games. Like I think if you can go. You know, like if you include that win over Wichita State, so your last ten, if you can go eight and two, nine and one over your last ten, like we're talking totally different about this season, and you're saying it's a success. I think if you if yeah, you can do probably, that, yeah. like ultimately that's a you know we're still a month off from the end of the season, and I, I, as you put it, this group is capable of it. I think there's you know. I think you're right that, like, ultimately these this stretch of games, not even the four losses, but the stretch of games since, you know, December 23rd, essentially, has told you that 
you know, this group is probably due for a slip-up or two that you're not expecting. During uh, the 10-game winning streak, here were the Ken Palmer. Nonetheless, they, they have it in them, possibly. They have the pieces for it. During the 10-game winning stretch, winning streak, here were the here were the Ken Palm numbers of those 10 wins. Mm-hmm. 89, mm-hmm. 48 on the road, mm-hmm. 39 at home, 47 at home, 186 at home, 240 at home, 171 on the road, 52 at home, and then 159 on the road. Mm-hmm. Here's what they would have left. Mm-hmm. 245 on the road. Mm-hmm. That's Thursday at Temple. Correct. 113. That's Tulane on Sunday at, at home. home. 83 on the road. That is... North Texas. At North Texas. 52 on the road. At SMU, and it's like a, you're not going home road trip. Correct. They're going to stay in Dallas. 103 at home. Okay. Who's that? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah, okay. 24 at home. The FAU game. Yeah, so like this if they go nine and if they go nine and one over this ten game stretch, it'll be pretty comparable because yeah. like if you look if at you it, base it on the numbers. Right. But not that's what I'm names. saying. Just the profiles. Just yeah. the profiles. Like you're you have a two uh a bottom two forty team, Austin P Temple. Mm-hmm. They check out. Uh low one hundreds team. So you had VCU at eighty nine. You know what I mean? Like those so, are so when you say they better make the NCAA tournament in your mind, basically, because I I do think it 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 would certainly create, and I think for any coach it would. If you don't make the NCAA tournament in year six, and you it, in a year where you went into it expecting to make the NCAA tournament, right? That ensuing off season for any coach, and certainly I think it would be for Penny Hardaway, would be an uncomfortable off season. The biggest reason why it's for me it's roster construction. So sometimes, like, let's say if you're in year six and, like, I don't know, is M- Musselman's probably, is, are they exactly the same year? Um, Possibly. But, like, you take a team like Arkansas right now who's also having a disappointing year, a much more disappointing year than you are. For the record, you're still on the bubble. You still have... You still have legitimate grounds. Arkansas is now at the point where their only chance is to win the SEC tournament. I mean, I guess conceivably if they went on an absolute tear in, in SEC play, but they're running out of time. So that seems unlikely. Their path is to win the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. But he's in a spot where... I think he, he, he got hired a year after Penny, actually. So a year after. Musselman. He still has an easier... Because they've, they've got enough... There's enough mix of... Well, and, like, I don't even know if it's a fair comparison. His previous three years were Elite 8, Elite 8, Sweet 16 right. at Arkansas. Right, but I'm talking about a year where you were supposed to make the tournament, you're disappointing. Yeah. How do you flip it? Because all I care about is... Okay. It has nothing to do with job security because I'm operating yeah. under the... I'm operating under the assumption he has got job security if he wants it. Yeah. But where it gets complicated for me is, what do you do to fix the roster? Mm-hmm. Because the way that I look at it is... Okay, who's coming? If we talk about this mix, blending of returning players and transfers. Well, what if he's decided this? I just, I just, you know what? We hit a, we hit a rough pad. I just think if they go, if they can close out strong, he's going to think differently about this. I, I and he agree. probably should. Okay, my, but my point is, if you make the tournament, this talking about how to flip a roster, it's all neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Because you can make the argument... Gotcha. So you're saying he better make the NCAA tournament or else he's going to have to like seriously think about like how the heck do I get myself out of this situation? Right, because 
all the high school guys are accounted for, for mm-hmm. the most part. And then now you're going to be going, I don't really want to do it with all transfers again. Well, what real options do you have at this mm-hmm. point? I am baking in the possibility that the transfer market could be better this year because of the amount of, you don't have the waiver restriction currently, mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is all neither here nor there. But the problem is that I see is how you actually were to fix it it's like, okay, you... I would say one adjustment I think he can make that's realistic. And because I think you're right, it's going to be hard to just flip a switch and start recruiting, you know, like start getting foundational guys. You're going to have to do it. Like I said, it's going to take more than one off season to right. do it. The way you can be more intentional about it, he said it during the NCAA tournament last year at his press conference. He made a big deal about next year when I bring transfers in, I got to get them in by June. You know, so I can really get him acclimated to my system over the offseason. And then what happened? It, it, like, ultimately, and I don't necessarily, like, it's just, it was the reality, I guess, of the transfer world. They missed on some guys early. And basically most of the roster was not here by June. He and, made the, when they when they missed, he made the calculated decision that he was going to wait because he thought he'd get a better player at the end. And he did get a better caliber of player at the end. And it... An adjustment you could potentially make is, pri- you know, like, ultimately, like, and I don't know if this is possible, don't miss on the early guys. Like, because prioritize even more, you know, we need to have this, we need to have a certain number of guys in by June. And certain amount of, like, the only problem with players. That, but I mean, no, if we're just keeping it real, the bet, that, no, it's expensive. Well, not just that. As you put it, like, there are bargains to be had at the, you know, like, at the end, yes. so to speak. Like, Penny made, I, I would say, probably... I would agree with him if, like, ultimately the choice is, do I take, like, a worse caliber player in May, in April, or a better player in August? I think I'd probably go with the better player in August and try, you know, try my luck, even though it's tougher. You know, tougher to get them, you know, together as a team, so to speak. I think we saw, I mean, they won 10 in a row, and, like, they were rolling at the beginning of the year. He did get it together early, where I think it went, you know, obviously, they there were some variables. Jordan Brown leaves the team. Naquan Tomlin is introduced to the team. And whether it was, like, directly Naquan Tomlin's fault, I don't think it was. But it was very it was very clear. There's a very clear demarcation. They played a bunch of really good games before <laughs> Naquan Tomlin came. And then they were shaky and then started losing games after he came. And it wasn't his fault directly. It was more just the, very clearly to me, the introduction of that through the threw some things out of whack, and they're only now just getting them, you know, kind of figured out and ironed out completely. And and that's why I, I, I hear what Penny's saying on whether it's his radio show or after the game. And um, I think he's being very optimistic because I think, he need, I think that's what this team needs right now. Like, they got really down on themselves during that four-game losing streak. I, I get it, and I... I'm with you in yeah. terms of the psychological motivation. Yeah. Doesn't that also suggest that they're still probably pretty fragile? Yes, but I, it also, you know. Because the, the big question that— I don't think Penny would be doing it, though, if he thought they were— I think he—I think he—I gen. I, I sense genuinely he senses— like, this team is going to have a nice ramp up to get back on. Like, they have this game on Thursday against Temple— Again, Temple's one of the worst teams in the league. And ultimately, like, if they're going to figure it out, like, 
don't you think it's better to kind of like the way the schedule is going to work? They're going to work their way up to that Florida Atlantic game. Well, this is what he did the year. Maybe was it the first tournament year where they tried to sell? And I mean, I, I guess in terms of Pollyanna, now that, that the Tulsa, the Tulsa, remember that comeback win at Tulsa? Yes, the comeback win at Tulsa. Tyler Harris, remember, was yeah. awesome in that game. Second half and second half, yes. Um, and th- that they were still hurt. They won that game even though they were still hurt. And you you could say. They were hurt physically. Remember, like Jay, I believe yes. DeAndre and Jalen Duran did not play in that game against Tulsa, if I recall correctly. And then obviously Amani Bates was missing at that point as well. I think. Um, but and then they, remember they got healthy after that, and that's what kind of you know that one. I guess in some ways made would made made more sense that run right because they got well, healthy. But then the problem. I think they didn't get healthy till SMU. No, they were healthiest. The problem is. After that Tulsa game, they had the good win against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. even though it turned out Cincinnati. Okay, and then they got hurt, and then they were then they then got they hurt. had the UCF ECU because they got hurt SMU, and then the SMU game is the okay. Stop so asking I was, stupid effing questions. Yeah, I'm mixing. You're right. I'm mixing up. No, the no, schedule. I beg your pardon. That was the first home Tulsa. Game. The second Tulsa game was yeah, on the right road. after that. Yeah, yes. on the road. That started the yeah. winning. The, yeah, the yeah. winning at the end of the year, and so um, and in this way, you could argue, you can make the if you want to make the parallel. They were hurt physically back then, Jeffrey. That Wichita State game, like that Tulsa, that was a that was a close one. They were hurt emotionally still, yeah. and that 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 was healing <laughs> at the end of the game. Uh, but I, I don't know. I hope. Do I you think you're have, right. Like, I, like, go, I don't want to have to deal with the conversations that come from them not making the tournament. Yeah, it's not, like this team's better than that. I think, frankly, like while I do not agree with some of the things Penny's done this season. Like especially like the fiddling with the roster midseason, and you know some you know obviously some things he's done in games. Like I still think like he's a good coach. Like I think he proved that the last couple years, and uh, I think he was a good coach at the beginning of the year. And he's made some mistakes, and some co- sometimes coaches make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> like my, and so I just I, I, I hope seen... they get it back on track because I think I don't want to have to deal with the like it's true. Like, if he doesn't make the tournament in year six, like, that is an uncomfortable conversation to be had, especially because he only has one NCAA tournament win in the five previous years. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I feel like I've stated this, and I, I will reiterate. I firmly believe that given the era we are in, mm-hmm. which is NIL, let's be real, pay for play, mm-hmm. but it's got to be raised. It's got to be fundraised. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh assembling rosters on the fly. Mm-hmm. I do not think Memphis could find someone that does the job at this present time better than he does. Mm. Because I really think that's how hard the job is. Yeah. I do not think that this is still the same glory years job. Mm-hmm. But you have to have somebody that can do that. And he can do that. So I think he's the best for that. The biggest problem that I see is it's this, when something doesn't work, well, I'll go and do something different the problem is, well, what is there different to do right now? Because if you would say, we'll go get, you know, we'll go focus on high school. It's like, well, it's too late for that. You could do it for next year. Mm-hmm. But then it, that still doesn't solve. If you put together back-to-back meh years, then what are you dealing with? Yeah. No, it's, it, like I said, it gets uncomfortable. That's all. It's and, and I still don't. It's not going to be comparable to any other situation in the country, frankly, because who else in the country, I guess, you could compare Jawan Howard, but like I think like Penny's connection to Memphis just feels a lot like deeper, deeper than even 
like not to say Juwan Howard doesn't have a connection to Michigan, but like you know, Juwan Howard's from Chicago, for instance. But like know? on top of that, like the Michigan bass, like the Michigan faithful. Let's be real, buddy. Pretty wine and cheese crowd. Yes, and and honestly, like you're already seeing it with this season. Like the people forget, like people forgot basically over the last 15 years when they've been good in basketball, mm-hmm. like. Michigan fans will very easily check out on basketball. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, especially like, when, like, the others. Like, <laughs> especially it, with football rolling. Well, what was good for Beeline is when Beeline was really good, football was wandering. Yes. And so, um, and so like, it's not comparable to any other situation in the country, ultimately. I know some people, like, people who email me about it, like, like, want, like talk about it as if, like, Penny is just, is a, you know, just any other coach, and I don't. I just don't think you can. No, think, I. I've I just don't think you can think about it that. like that. That's um, part of. I will say this: making that you know, like, like I. I don't know. I didn't listen to you and Je- Jeff's open, um, but I saw your poll, and I. I saw a response to it, and I thought someone put it perfectly. Like I do think. I think Penny's like judged harshly, nationally, and probably like Chris Porter nicely. Chris uh, Porter. Chris Porter put it on Twitter that so the Jeff Calkins show poll was Penny Hardaway is treated blank. Fifty-two percent. You can still vote, by the way. Fifty-two point five percent with kid gloves. Thirty-two percent like any other coach, and then fifteen point five percent unfairly with unfair scrutiny. With unfair scrutiny, the bottom two flipped. Mm-hmm. The the with kid gloves stayed pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's with kid gloves, but I also I don't think like he's any other coach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's somewhere in between there. I think he is treated very softly locally. I think that's fair. I, I, I think whether it's yeah. people are afraid or it's – if it's – I yeah, you're viewed as, like, you need to be I, positive. I definitely like, think I it's a different dynamic because of who he is. There's no question. Like, you just compare how Penny gets talked about versus how Tubby was talked about, like, and even yeah. Josh. Like, it's, yeah. it is with kid gloves. Now, I do also think there's probably some truth to – Every time they lose a game, like national people that were, they're kind of going back and defending their take from when he was first well, it's hired. Just like no one can accept that. Like Penny's done a pretty good job. He had, like, he had done a great job. He's done a pretty good job. Like and like I like that might be you know for for now. I think that's enough. You know, I do think you you know if this season flames out, it you know, like I said, it gets uncomfortable a little bit. Well, I think the other part is like we still haven't quite figured out. How many teams, like, for instance, Gonzaga right now, they are on the bubble and not yeah. on the good side of the bubble. So we're talking about Gonzaga. team hasn't missed the tournament since 99. Yeah. What we still haven't figured out is how many teams are, like, how many teams legitimately have the expectation every single year we're there? Mm-hmm. We, I don't think we've sorted that out. Now, to be fair, the problem with Memphis is, like, it's been so long since they've been there. Right, but my point is, Maybe it's maybe the new expectation is two out of three years. Like I don't know. I'm not saying that two that, out of three years making the tournament. Correct. No, it could be. And like again, he'll get. He's going to get another crack at it next year if this this year doesn't work out. Very clearly. And so, you know, and he could hit like like it. All it takes is the right. Like ultimately, if you get the right next season. Let's look at it this way. Like, I know you said it gets complicated. But ultimately, if, like, you hit on the right two or three transfers, you'll be fine. Now, yeah, I, the, the problem, though, that I'm— He didn't—you know, the, the problem year, that I'm wondering is— This year he came—you know, it's, like, still close. I mean, I think 
Jones, obviously, I know he's got his flaws, but like that was a good. He was obviously a great pickup. And Quinterly, until these this four game swoon, was a good pickup. And um, you know, Jordan, like it. It's this four game block of games. You take it out, and like this team and this coach, we're fine. No, I agree with you, and, and I like th- maybe it's just a four game block. Correct. Even if they go six and three, seven and two, like ultimately, like. Well, six and three gets weird. No, six and three. They're on the bubble. They're on yeah, the bubble. Like, they're going into the AAC tournament, going. We got to win. Even if they did, I, I even if they maybe. Got, and I'm telling you, man, what we have seen the last five, seven years is like the tournaments, the conference tournaments are now viewed as like your mulligan. Well, and if you go six and three, you're probably having to win four games in four days. Right. I think the thing that I'm, and the story's not done, so obviously that's part of it. But how a team can look one way for 17 games yeah. and then potentially flip for and then the next 17 without they had one key injury yeah but it wasn't like i'm inclined to say they're going to figure it out i i don't know i i, I want here I, I guess i would say this it's like your heart wants them to like i just don't want to have to go through a season i just talked about it at the open like this grizzly season is weird as hell i hate like it stinks that these games this game tonight like is irrelevant ultimately and like I like it. I like it better when no, the Tigers cool. are in March Madness. It's better. I like it when they're both good. Yeah, and like it would just stink if like this isn't the turning point. <laughs> That's all I guess I would say. It'd be a be a wretched next month, month and a half. I still don't think we're gonna know if it's a turning point until. I want the Tiger games not to be. They're like agonizing. They've been lately. You know, like it's just been like. Yeah, but you're just like sense. watching it. The entire game is just like. Uh, there's no, there's not many joyful moments like that. Quinterly shot was like the first joyful Tiger moment in like there's three been, weeks. There's been one half that hasn't been agonizing. It was the Wichita State. Yeah, yeah the second, second half, half of the like, Wichita like, oh, State. This game. is fun. Yeah, it's just been and and so hopefully they can. Uh, hopefully they're on the cusp of getting back to that because um, the alternative is not fun to think about. Right now, over on our station's website, so 92.9FM, ESPN.com, we've teamed up with Robert Irwin Jewelers to take this Valentine's Day to a new level. Send a love letter to your favorite person, and you could win a $5,000 gift certificate to use at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Who do you want to celebrate this Valentine's Day and why? Does your wife cheer on the Grizzlies with you every game? Does your husband include you when making his picks each week? Maybe I should have this year. Is it time to put a ring on the finger of your favorite cheerleader? Is it about time your husband gets an updated wedding band? Let 929FM, ESPN, and Robert Irwin Jewelers help you say Happy Valentine's Day and put a little sparkle on your significant le- uh, your significant other. Submit your love letter now through February 11th over at 929FM, ESPN. And now through Valentine's Day, it's your last chance to go shopping over at Robert Irwin Jewelers. It's your last chance to get a dozen fresh roses and a box of chocolates Free with your purchase of $99 or more while supplies last. Check out the Diamond Essentials Collection. It's a classic collection of crafted diamond saltair earrings, pennants, and bracelets featuring perfectly mounted diamonds with excellent proportions to ensure you get a bigger and brighter sparkle starting at just $5.49. They also have the Love Bright Diamond Collection, the Stackable Diamond and Gemstone Bands, and now you can get a 24-karat 
Gold trimmed rose. It's a real rose, carefully preserved, artistically arranged, and trimmed in 24 karat gold. Those start at $79. They have great gift ideas for any budget. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices. You can take up to 60 months to pay or get 12 months deferred interest with with approved credit. Five locations or you can shop online at rijewelers.com. When we come back, we'll get into the list. Tim Murray will start off hour number two live from the Super Bowl. He's live at Radio Rare. We'll do all that coming up. Right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. The list is brought to you by Birdies, located at 493 South Main Street, Suite 101 in the South Main District of downtown. Birdies, an indoor golf simulator concept. It has three golf simulators, a virtual putting course, as well as a full-service bar and a great menu. It is Memphis's virtual golf headquarters. And for anything like me, and you got the itch to work on your golf game, it is a perfect spot to go work on your game with these winter months ahead. Also, you can play one of 600 golf courses worldwide. And if you're a gearhead and you're someone that's very technical and wants to work on your golf swing, they'll have all the data and info that you need. If you want to reserve a hitting bay, you can do so. Golf at birdies.com. Golf at birdies.com. You can also check out their Instagram page at birdies901. I wasn't the biggest Toby Keith fan in the world. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Toby Keith died. Uh, I guess it was announced today. I don't know if he died. Yeah, today. I don't know if it was yesterday. Uh, stomach cancer, really sad. Uh, but um, this song was one of those, you know, when you're in college, there's songs Bar that song. oddly become like. Oh, yeah. Your, your group of friends, one of their songs, even though like now this song is much more apt to who I am, you know, mm-hmm. than, than what I was in college. Um, so it's sad. It was just sad. This, you is, know. this is definitely a big bar song. Yeah. Um, but uh, sad to see him uh, die 62. So not old, but not young, but he I, was a great musician. And uh, I know, he, you know, 
he created some controversy over his career, like political type stuff. But like, he's just a good country artist. I think he went pretty heavy in the the patriotism. For- but I think uh, the most important way is I think to honor him appropriately. I think you got to take the Sooners tonight, minus four and a half. Mm. Big OU fan. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good he, point. The Toby Keith Memorial. He just, apparently, he gave Taylor Swift her first record deal. She signed to his record label. When no, she well, was, technically, Jeff Jarrett discovered Taylor Swift. Oh, that's true. As good we point. found out. Good point. But no, but she, his record label was the gave her her first record deal, I believe, in Nashville. That was back when record deals mattered. All right, let's get into the list. Giannato and Jeffrey make a list of the biggest stories and people they need to talk about. Being on the list can be a good or bad thing. Listen to find out who made it and why. This is The List. You just made the list! Presented by Birdies 901. Memphis's place for virtual golf on 92.9 FM ESPN. Uh, the Oakland Athletics? You just made the list! Uh, Jeffrey, this story... Speaking of awkward. So... You know, we're obviously any sort of relocation stadium story I'm like acutely aware of now because of just because the Grizzlies are going through it too with the with the renovations. And I know it's not the same, obviously, but just like you're just seeing, you know, just interested in what's going on in other cities. You know what I mean? Right? Don't you agree? Ultimately. Yeah, I think far too many people make the connection between because I just I don't think they're the same. I'm fascinated by this story because I just think John Fisher is an absolute well, dick. This is crazy. It like seemed like they were a lock. It was done. That they're, did the they Oak- already announce it? Did yes. they do like a? They announced that they did a vote, a league vote, that they were going to Vegas. But there's been problems with the stadium site throughout. Like finding. Well, first remember the original funding. The number went from like five fifty mm-hmm. down. Remember they they had there was was it a state? Maybe there was a state legislature problem. Then it became like a city problem. They had different funding. They even came out and said, yeah, the rendings we released, those are not what the stadium is going to look like. Remember, they, they've, they've done this whole dance of we have a stadium, we don't have a stadium. We have a stadium, we don't have a stadium. And now we had the mayor, was it yesterday? So here's what happened. So And so they wanted to move their state. They want to have their stadium on the strip. You know, like they that's what they want. So if you're familiar with the strip, they have it. There's this giant vacant lot next to like the Tropicana. It's what, yes, it's the Tropicana. It's, it's, it's across from like Mandalay Bay. And they'd knock down the Tropicana yeah. too as part of this. And they'd build like a, it wouldn't be domed, but it'd be like covered stands. Covered, like, which I've always said, do we care about outfielders? Do uh, outfielders matter too? Yes. And what the Oakland mayor on a podcast with Front Office Sports that got released today, Carolyn Goodman. She's been the mayor since 2011 in Vegas. She basically, I don't know if she revealed this for the first time or whether this is public before, but some of this is being is being made public for the first time. She basically said on this podcast, this site at the Tropicana to her doesn't make sense. And she said the city offered the A's what she believes to be a superior site located in the historic in a historic part of town that featured seven access points from local highways. So I'm guessing by free, somewhere around Fremont Street downtown. Um yes, and the A's rejected that site, opting instead for this site on the strip, and the mayor is basically saying like this area already suffers from like awful traffic and you now want to put a baseball stadium that 82 nights a year is going to add to that, you know, you're going to have to park what, you know, like, there's no public transit like that in Las Vegas. You're going to have to well, go. There's the monorail. Yeah, I guess. That goes, that goes to that. Yeah. So the reason why they want that site is MGM 
is trying to become the sports center. Like the the sports like that's their they're going to be like sports entertainment. So MGM has a big stake in T-Mobile, which is behind New York, New York. So it'd be kind of diagonal from where they mm-hmm. want to put the stadium. And then Allegiant is on the other side of the freeway of what? of Mandalay Bay and uh what is Mandalay Bay? It used to be called the hotel, uh, the Delano. Yeah. So it's behind that. What they want to do, and so they've been using, like Allegiant uses parking at at Mandalay Bay. Yeah, and that's eight parking, you know, or like I guess 20 events a year at Allegiant. Right, Big events. The idea, though, is, I mean, that have you seen the size? They're only talking about 30,000. So like they want to be able to use the infrastructure of T-Mobile, Allegiant, whatnot. Yeah. They want to use all that. Well, here, Carolyn Goodman Basie said, I thought that this does not make sense. So why is it happening? And then I thought, well, they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream, and they just can't get it done. And um, when she was asked by the podcast host, Carolyn Goodman, the Las Vegas mayor, if it would be a, quote, good thing if the A's complete their relocation to Vegas, she responded by saying, I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland and make their dream come true. I just know that owner, this owner, John Fisher, she's referring to, longtime successful family, in my opinion, needs to listen to the people that are up there. It's their team. Okay, so my first reaction to that is yes, but that's also not how the world works. Is this her negotiating? Because I don't think they have the stadium deal done. Because I think right now, aren't they scheduled to play like half the year at the Isotopes, which is the AAA team, like it's half the year there, and then there's another location they're looking while they're trying to build this. My first thought is, is that a negotiation tactic? And then the other thing is, okay, let's say, let's let's play this straight and say that Vegas is saying, like, we can't do this. Well, she's now su- subsequently put out a tweet. I think she got some pushback from the people of Vegas. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? We're about to get a Major League Baseball team. What are you doing here, lady? Or got pushback from like, I don't know, she's put out. She hasn't backtracked completely, but very clearly, she's like you know clarifying her remarks, saying she she she'd love to have a major league baseball team in Vegas. I was thinking about this. If you're Oakland, a I mean they they're they're no closer. I mean they if you it wasn't as if the threat to Vegas was a new threat. I mean they had tried to they tried forever to build it in Oakland. Well, the then question they, is, does this get Nashville back in the mix? Maybe. My gut tells me, though, Major League Baseball, like what we've been seeing with what we've been seeing with the sports leagues is when they target a city, they figure out how they're going to get there. And it seems to me Major League Baseball's decided they want some of that sweet Vegas cash because, like, if you think about it, when the NFL decided they were going to L.A., they figured it out. They were like. I think Davis wanted to go to L.A., Kroenke wanted to go to L.A., and uh, uh, Spanos. Well, to get to get the deal done, they told Davis, you can move to Vegas. When we move to Vegas, we'll move the other two to L.A. But they've decided, like, they move they move the franchise because it inherently jacks the value up when mm-hmm. you move them to these, these other markets. Something tells me this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of nothing. Nothing. I think they're still going to Vegas. There's no like I was thinking about this. How would you even facilitate them going back to Oakland? 
Because the only way you go back to Oakland is if Oakland builds a new stadium. And how is Oakland going to build that guy a stadium? And the only way to me, it's like, well, if he sells well, the were team, gonna, they maybe. Were getting, they were trying to get something together, right? It wasn't that they uh, couldn't they, build him a stadium. No, no, no. no. Didn't if he, he looked, want the multi? No, he wanted the, like. No, 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 If you looked at it, they did the, what was the one we, we were talking about? I think D.C. maybe pulled this one. Yeah, they pulled a, something similar to your boy in uh, in D.C. with the arena where when D.C., when he said he was moving to, was it Northern Virginia? Yes. And then D.C. came back with a plan that was like $100 million under. Mm-hmm. They did that kind of move. Like, we were like, well, yeah. we Chicago kind of did this when they said they wanted to move to Arlington Heights with the Bears. Like, we've seen that. It's like a very half-hearted to make it. Like, it's like a political move, but it's never serious. Gotcha. Well, it's a bit of a, bit of a fiasco. That owner, it, can he even, like, ultimately that owner, people hate him so Like, if you're John Fisher... Mm-hmm. Can you move back? Like that's what I'm saying. If so, you're owning the team, like there's no way you're gonna want your. Well, a there's no way he'd be able to get a deal done. He'd have to sell the team, right? And why would he want to sell the team? Maybe Nashville can get back in the mix. I keep getting it back, still back seems likely if Nashville's gonna get in the mix, it's with expansion. Yeah, I think that's fair. LeBron James, you just made the list. I should say, I time? should say, I should just say an NBA trading deadline. But the the Lakers have now become because of. I mean, you've seen LeBron's getting um, – he's sending some messages, it appears. Yeah, so we saw the Knicks towel. Yeah, wore a Knicks towel during his post-game mm-hmm. interview after the Madison Square Garden game. I believe he – like, there were some eyeball emojis put out on his Instagram or Twitter at some point. Um, and then when he was asked about it, he no-commented what it mm. meant. What it meant. Um, and then – so I'm going to read this from our – you know, obviously this show's – uh, lead LeBron chronicler Dave McMenamin, yes, uh, from ESPN.com. Um, in the NBA equivalent equivalent of the teacher telling the class, pencils down. This is from McMenamin's uh, story from last night's win over Charlotte. Because test time is over, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Charlotte Hornets one twenty four one eighteen on Monday to improve to twenty seven and twenty five. And now we'll wait to see what happens to their team leading up to Thursday's trade deadline. Um, does McMenamin, does LeBron write McMenamin's metaphors too? Or is he, does he give him the freedom to come up with a metaphor? I think he's sometimes given the free. Well, I've noticed he's been, he's been, uh, there was, I forget what question it was. Maybe it was, the, I think McMenamin was the one who asked him about the eyeball emojis. Okay. And he no commented. Um, but he was asked whether he believes the team's good enough as currently constructed to win a title or if changes would be prudent. And LeBron said, I've already won a title this year. No, it's not a question for me. Mm. I love who we have in the locker room, and that's all I worry about. Uh-huh. We're going to go out and prepare ourselves every single night, no matter what it is, no matter who's on the, out on this team, no matter what. He doesn't decide this, Jeffrey. So my bigger question is, though, is like, what can they reasonably do? Trade D'Angelo Russell. Okay, and, and get what? Like, I mean, the, the, what functionally makes them different? Well, the the talk is their number one target is DeJounte Murray. Okay. From Atlanta. Or, excuse playing? me, from, yeah, from Atlanta. He's Atlanta now. Yeah. And so um, who plays point, LeBron? Yeah, or DeJounte Murray, I guess, in theory, even though you're right. He's probably not, like, that's part of the problem with DeJounte Murray is he's not really yeah. a point guard. Um, but, yeah, it's that. It's because well, it, that's the question with this deadline. Like, are we – what – if you really dig down deep in this for this trade deadline, there's not like a big. Last year we saw Kevin Durant go at the deadline. 
I don't think we're going to see that this time. I think it like, seems like the biggest moves have already occurred. The when Toronto did the fire sale. Yeah, or if if Dejounte Murray moves, that'd be a big move. If like the Lakers, I don't know if it work, but if the Lakers got like we saw Kyrie go at the deadline last year. What you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.